You're listening to Radio Free Brooklyn, independent, listener-supported radio. I'm back, back in the New York Brian, I feel like we're recording this podcast, and I am doing it under duress. <laughs> last, just for our listeners out there, the last words Brian spoke to me before we began recording were, then I'll have the upper hand. <laughs> Well, because I can see you. The listeners don't know this, but I can see you, but you cannot see me. That's right. Which, uh, which in, it incurs to me a subtle advantage. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> What's weird is that it it is what you're saying is 100% true, and it's totally unclear what advantage you're gaining. Right. <laughs> like, or what benefit that advantage right, does. Right, right. What does it give me? What? what competition there even exists but nonetheless i have seized the high ground uh, right in this battle of wits that is the giants among men radio show <laughs> oh my goodness and it's funny too because i actually was thinking today i was thinking what are some things that i can open the podcast with after saying brian that will you know Put Brian on his heels. What can I say that's going to catch him off guard? But I actually didn't use any of the things I was working on because I was I entered the podcast rattled. Right. I flipped the script right, yeah. before, right before we hit record. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, hats off. I'll have to come more prepared next time. <laughs> you win this battle. <laughs> Well, really, it's just I have a faulty internet, and we're recording this late, later than usual, and I just can't stomach technical difficulties at this late hour. Oh, it's so true. <laughs> this is, right, this is very much the Giants Among Men podcast after dark. After dark. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Although I haven't had a drink yet, but it's still like, yeah, the mood is different. This is a different experience for it's our listeners. Very different vibe, yeah. I feel like. I feel like there's a way more of an anything goes type of right. <laughs> We haven't even really talked about anything yet, but I just feel like anything goes right now. Right. Yeah. Um, also, like, the Knicks are tipping off against the Spurs right now, too. Right. I know. We're missing it. Yeah. With a new starting lineup. Oh, what's the starting lineup? Mitchell Robinson to the bench. Wow. Maryland Noel in the starting lineup. Oh. All right. Boy, I haven't even looked at my phone. Matt must be ecstatic. Friend of the program, Matthew. Very pleased. Has to be very pleased. With has his, to be. His direct line to Tom Thibodeau, apparently. Oh, over, <laughs> over the moon. Well, I think that means, obviously, that tonight all our problems will be solved forever. <laughs> we'll never lose again. Oh, this is it. Yeah. It wasn't Kemba. It was Mitchell Robinson. Yes. Now, soon enough, we'll, Evan Fournier, it'll be his turn in the barrel. <laughs> <laughs> and RJ Barrett will be sent to the bench and then everybody will get traded out of town. I think uh, is what, then that's what's next. Should we open with that segment or stick to the giants first? Why don't we still start with the giants just to get them out of the way? I just, I just want to, <laughs> I really just want to emphasize one important statistic. It of is this giant season. The only statistic that matters as far as I'm concerned. Right. Which is the giants have played 12, football games scott yeah 12 ball games right and they have scored eight 
18 offensive touchdowns. <laughs> 18. 18. The Giants That's... are averaging just a hair's breadth over one offensive touchdown per <laughs> football game. Meaning when we turn on the Giants game, we can only safely expect them to score <laughs> one <laughs> touchdown. And any of our listeners who don't watch a lot of football or are new to football, touchdowns are pretty much, offensive touchdowns especially, are pretty much the life's blood of, <laughs> of watching football. If your team does not score touchdowns, it's really, really an unpleasant experience. Right. It would make you, it would make even the most ardent fans hate watching the sport. <laughs> I hate it. Hate it. 18 18 offensive touchdowns 12 games the thing too about a touchdown that i feel like you have to acknowledge is the full body experience the touchdown is for the fan you know what i mean like when a touchdown happens (laughs) you celebrate with your whole body like you can't do that in a basketball game you can't celebrate every basket like that right that's a a good point touchdown is a full body celebration right i mean it's not an orgasm but it's close it's you know it's it's a release for sure absolutely (laughs) (laughs) right watching watching the giants is like perpetually masturbating without (laughs) orgasm We told you this is the Giants Among Men after dark. After dark. It, it, is, it is dry, <sighs> like, uh, right. masturbation when you probably, probably don't even feel like it, and you've really been... Right, no material, <laughs> like, nothing, just... Not even in the mood, right. and it never leads anywhere, and it's slightly right. painful. Right. <laughs> it's pure maintenance, and doesn't get the job done. Right. <laughs> It goes nowhere. <laughs> that really is it. It's just ridiculous. It's ridiculous. It's terrible. It's <laughs> terrible. You know, I'll just confess too, I did not watch. I watched half of the first quarter and my wife was like, what do you want to do today? Like, oh, you need to watch the game? I was like, no, no, I don't. Let's go get, let's go get lunch. We got lunch. We got our Christmas tree. I, did, I was just like, no, I don't care. I'm right. not, you're not, I'm not watching this. I'm not watching this team. Right. And that, by the way, I want to clarify too. I would say that there could be some out there who don't know any better, who would say something silly like, you know, that's not what a real fan does, or that's a real fair weather fan thing to do. No. No. Let me tell you what that is. That is a loved one, a family member telling you that they need some space from you not because they hate you but because they love you and they cannot they cannot be around you in this state right it's like as it's an intervention it's yeah. like yeah. your your cousin who's drinking too much and like i can't spend time with you right <laughs> like until you clean up your act and like right. look I, you know no one listens to us but anybody who, <laughs> who is who thinks who wants like i i have supreme confidence in my level of giants fandom yeah i mean my bona fides i'm but and and so the what you should be drawing from that is like 
for me to like not want to watch the Giants play football is so extreme, you know, <laughs> like I right. never thought there'd right. be a day where I would just be like, no, I don't, I'm not, wa- I don't care. I'm not watching this. Like it is, I can't express how extreme an emotion that is for me to feel. Right. But it's a legitimate emotion. Like we've all been driven to this. 18 touchdowns. <laughs> Rank in order who you blame. Well, it obviously starts at the top. It's John Mara. Is it just straight top down? I think it is. I think, okay. it, and I think it's in that order. It's right. John Mara. Then it goes to Dave Gettleman. Then Joe Judge. Then Jason Garrett. Still, <laughs> yes, still. <laughs> and then uh, Daniel Jones. You know, yep. I mean, I think, and then Saquon Barkley. He's next. Yes, like, that's true. Call. Can we talk about Saquon? Uh, yeah. It's fine. Is it is it safe to hate him now? Can yes. I just can I just hate Saquon? Oh my God, uh, he's the worst. He's the worst. He's the worst. <laughs> Go away. Right. You stink. You suck. <laughs> like I can't believe he's also bad. That's what's right. just like unbelievable. And I know, I know that's so unfair. Like this is first year back from like a major injury. It's not his fault. He's playing behind a terrible offensive line. But like, it's also fair to say he's not the player anybody thought he was going to be. Um, right. You know, that first season aside, I mean, I, it's hard because it's like that first season he was so good, so exciting, so fun to watch. And then just like, it has been an injury thing since then. So, it, but on the other hand, his face is just—he's just such the like embodiment of just the failure and the stink. It's just hard not to get angry at him. No, I look. Yes, I think it's hard not to get angry at him, and I make no—I'm past the point of making apologies for my attitude towards him. There's something about him where it's like. You know, he, to me, when I look at his face, he embodies a certain kind of sort of person I will, you know, sometimes experience at work. Uh, There are kids who are generally, they, you know, they're good kids and they're, they're good kids, right? And they do the right thing. And uh, for the most part, you know, whatever. Uh, but then they do something that they're not supposed to do, like being a dead sprint across the cafeteria, not caring about their path or anything in their way. And then you like tell them to stop and then they just look at you with a smile on their face like, yeah, but I'm a good kid. So I'm allowed to do this. <laughs> right, and, right. and it's like, no, it's actually like really dangerous. Don't do that. Right. But that to me is Saquon where that look on his face is just like, well, I mean, I'm, you know, I know we suck, but like I'm Saquon. It's like, yeah, right. I know. <laughs> you are and we suck so right and you do nothing ever you help us in no way we've got right. no advantage because like if you went down and we just had booker like nothing changes like it just you right there's you no difference for no benefit to us and you have not made an exciting play you've made one exciting play all year um yeah no i hear you it's tough i'm sick of saquon so sick of him. And it's just, you know, he's so the, like, start of this whole... I mean, he's not the start, but that that he's just the moment of the rebuild gone wrong, right? It was just, like, obviously yeah. not the right move. You know, it, 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 it was everything wrong with the way the Giants think, you know, like... Right. And I... Right, I want to be clear, too, to, like, 
some Giants fans out there that like, I because I get it, right? Of course, the the, the kind of obvious alternative to Saquon in that in that specific draft was Darnold, who we wouldn't want to have either, it would seem. But, you know, it's not just those two. Like, a better GM makes better decisions overall that prevents the current disaster. Just because we took Saquon, even if you could try to, you know, argue that whatever, Saquon's not the issue. It's Yes, he is. Like, maybe, fine, maybe he's not the issue, but he is an issue. He is the issue, though. You don't take yeah, Saquon no, there. right. Like, yeah, you if don't. you don't want Darnold, you trade the pick and you draft yes, you're an right. offensive tackle and maybe you still get Saquon because he's a running back and you shouldn't have to pay a premium for him. And then maybe you've drafted now Saquon and somebody who can open a hole for him. And if it risks that you don't get Saquon, then so be it. You don't – not drafting a running back. And I'm like – I like running backs. I'm not one of these, like, running backs don't matter guy. I think there's no pro- – I have no problem drafting one in, like, the late first round, even, like – you know, 15 to 20. I don't think it's insane. They're good players. Like, and you get them on those rookie deals and they're really valuable, yeah. but like you don't draft one in the top five anymore. That's ridiculous. And like, so if you're not going to take Sam Darnold, you trade the pick, you draft Quentin Nelson, and then maybe you get Saquon anyway at like number 10 and you, you pair them together. <laughs> like you don't just sit there at number two and take a freaking running back. Right. right, so Especially true. Especially one who then turns out to not even be that good. Right, <laughs> right. Like, I would say the Cowboys taking Zeke where they took him has panned out for them. That's worked out as well as it could have worked out. And, like, right. they still ultimately, like, they gave him that second contract that they probably didn't need to, you know? Like, he's, and yeah. he's still a pretty decent player, but he's, like, you know, the backup is maybe better. <laughs> right. And, by the way, this is the lone example that we're referring to where it worked. The, the one. Right. And even and worked is like a stretch, you know? Like, right, and, right. And, and again, I, I, I think it, it's fair to say it did. Like, if I wish Saquon yeah, right. worked out as well as Zeke did. But, yeah, like, right. it was crazy. I mean, it's, it's not a coincidence either that one went to Penn State, the other is a Buckeye. Just <laughs> <laughs> back. <laughs> I mean, I just 18 touchdowns, 18 touchdowns, one touchdown per game is so little. It's just so like when you just think of football and what it is to watch like your team, like, you know, not that much happens in a football game. Like there's only, if they break it down, right. There's only like 18 or like 20 minutes of like actual game action or whatever it is when they, you know? Yeah. And, like, when you think of how much of that for us is spent watching our team not score. (laughs) (laughs) Right. We're mostly turning on football on Sundays to watch punting and defense. Right. And the Giants have more field goals than touchdowns. Like, think about that. More often (sighs) we watch our team kick a field goal than score a touchdown. Right. What? Ugh. And I want to be clear too. When I say we watch most of the time watching them play defense, we're not watching a ferocious pass rush and like a you know blazing fast secondary. We're watching a team that 
like bends but doesn't break lets you move the ball and then tightens up in the red zone so it's just a slog everything oh yeah oh everything yeah it's so everything true. about everything we do is just <laughs> a slog right we, there's nothing we do well like they've been rebuilding this team now for whatever it is you know going on a decade and we don't have a single strength the only strength we have is a good defensive coordinator who keeps us in games but yeah. you're right it's not like he does it with a fun like you're not like oh i love the giants defense we get right. after people it's like yeah we bend we don't break like <laughs> we keep people from scoring touchdowns and we yeah the game right. is just a nightmare and in a funny way, right, that's the added bonus. We don't score touchdowns and we prevent <laughs> touchdowns. We're removing the fun for everybody. Right. right. <laughs> right. Oh, God. <laughs> the Giants are like if they replace the dunk contest with like a free throw shooting contest. You know? <laughs> right. Or like <laughs> a layup contest. <laughs> the mic and drill. <laughs> right. Just nothing. They're just, it's just insane. Yeah. It's insane. I mean, I'm like genuinely excited to see Jake Fromm play this weekend. That's like, all right, now I'm going to at least watch the first half. Right. To see what he looks like. Something will be, you know, weird and interesting. <laughs> right. And maybe he's good. He was a big recruit back in the day. Maybe, you know, things just didn't work out for him at Georgia. I don't know. A Georgia Bulldog. Right. Actually, can I steal some Giants time to, to, to go on like a rant about college football a little bit? Sure. Not even a rant, I guess. Uh, you know, I don't know. I have, I just have, you know, I watch. I did watch a lot of college football this weekend, and, uh, and I, first I just, oh, the Quinn Ewers thing. Oh, this is this is what I wanted to talk to you about. All right, I'm making a, an agenda on it. It's after dark. Anything goes. Right. Okay. So you heard about this guy Quinn Ewers, the uh, uh, backup quarterback at Ohio State. Yes. Oh, the third stringer actually. So. Just to give our audience a little recap, Quinn Ewers was the number one uh, high school recruit in America last year. He was a Texas high school football quarterback. Um, uh, he is actually was supposed to be not a freshman this year. He's supposed to be a freshman next year, but finished high school early to come enroll at Ohio State early. But the problem is when he enrolled, it was August. So Ohio State was smack in the middle of camp already, but he enrolled. Um, and, uh, everyone thought he was going to go to Texas, but instead he came here at the time that he committed to Ohio state. He did it because name image likeness became a thing. And he immediately got a $1.4 million contract from some kind of, I don't know. It's like a drink or something. It's not like an energy drink, but it's not booze. I'm unclear about it. It doesn't a beverage matter. of some kind. Right. It's a beverage, right? I'm never drinking it because I don't like him anymore. But anyway, so, you know, he never really catches on with us, despite how talented he is and what a big recruit he was, just because he came in the middle of August and then CJ Stroud had, you know, he's a Heisman finalist. He's uh, awesome, too. I think he might be the best quarterback right? ever had. <laughs> right, after, right after Justin Fields leaves. There yeah. we have this guy. Yeah. He's amazing. So Quinn Ewers entered the transfer portal. And it's just sort of one of those things where, you know, we did a whole NIL segment earlier in the year and you were saying how interesting it would be. And I actually think it's been far less interesting than you might think so far. Um, you know, it really hasn't been in the news a whole lot since it happened, I feel like. But this is one instance where there is a way to look at this. And I'm not trying to trash a kid, but 
And I'm not trashing him really. I'm just, I think I'm just stating the obvious here. There's a way to look at it where he used Ohio State to quickly cash in for $1.4 million. And now he's going to go find the place where he's really going to play. Because the way he came here, he really never gave himself a shot. Like, I think that even if he ends up being more talented than CJ Stroud, which again is a big if, he really had almost no chance to beat him out by coming after camp was already a couple of weeks in. And he only did that. He only enrolled early to cash in as quickly as he could for the NIL. And I don't necessarily blame him for that. And now that, you know, it's clear that he's, you know, basically in the same class as the guy who's starting, he's going to transfer. So I feel like, I don't know, am I crazy to look at it that way? Well, couldn't he have done that at basically any school? Like, he didn't need to do it at Ohio State, right? Like, he could have gotten right. probably anywhere and, and gotten the same deal. I think it is weird that he wants to leave that early. Um, and I do think he's of, like, he is definitely the first of this new era because supposedly he's, like, recruiting other players to come transfer wherever he goes. Right. So I was reading. Um, so there's no doubt that, like, college athletes are about to have power like we've never seen before yeah (laughs) and it's going to be very interesting but i mean i think it's like i don't i don't think you're wrong to say that he did that i just don't i don't think there's anything nefarious about it yeah no and and i'm not suggesting there's anything nefarious about it i'm but i'm just saying that that's what i feel used is what i'm saying (laughs) like I, i know he didn't do it on purpose right necessarily or like he didn't target us like it wasn't to screw us but he right like us. he could have done it to whatever school was going to get him in it's very strange that he he is doing it so immediately but right well like, it's also he must have known that it was going to be there was a chance that that could happen at ohio state like they obviously have like i don't I, you know that must be such an interesting thing for players like when they're choosing these schools like because you obviously have some confidence in yourself that, like, oh, I'll beat out anybody who's there. But, how you know, the strategy of that must be really interesting. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It has to be. Um, and, and I think even I, – I just think also the move to enroll early. Like, and again, I get that that's $1.4 million is a lot of money. So if you could get that right now, I'm not judging anybody for getting that right yeah. now. But it was that by by doing by in order to get it now, he had to enroll early. So he decided to do that to get it now. But that's also what sealed his fate. That's what made it impossible for him to legitimately compete for the starting job this year. Right. But had he waited, I mean, he'd still be in the same. You know what I mean? Like if he just enrolled at the regular time, he wouldn't he wouldn't be starting. There's not a real path for him to be the starting quarterback at Ohio state, right? Like, right. But, but I think the urgency behind transferring now is because he's already a year in now. Like he burned that year of eligibility now. Right. Right. Um, so he has to get moving. He can't waste. But wouldn't he have either year. way? Cause he just, he rolled in the spring. He would have just come in the fall. No, he enrolled in the fall. So he enrolled in in uh, August of this year. Oh, so he has did he lost it. two seasons of eligibility? No, just the one. Okay. okay. But it was because he came in August that he was not even a part of the quarterback competition. 
because it was already like three quarters of the way done by the time he even arrived. Right. And against players of this caliber, like maybe in high school, yeah, of course, if like Quinn Ewers shows up at your high school, it could be in October, he's the starter. But when you show up to Ohio State three quarters of the way into camp, like, no, (laughs) it doesn't really matter how good you are. Yeah. I mean, I don't disagree with you. I just don't think, I just think it's, yeah, that seems fine that he did that. I don't know. No. And again, I'm not saying, I'm not saying it's not fine. I'm saying it's one, just like the first time something like this is happening because. Yeah, no, I agree. It's a sea change. I think his case is very much the, like, like when you hear that people saying that he's then talking to other players, like about where he's going to go, like. That is going to rattle. And, and the way that's going to be, be talked about, like it's some kind of apocalypse, you know, because it makes like college right. coaches jobs like slightly harder. At the, and, and they're going to start complaining Good. about Yeah, no, they're going to start complaining about it at the exact moment that coaching salaries have like exploded. In, <laughs> right. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Ryan Kelly, you're making 95 million. Like, yeah, you can deal with the transfer portal. Exactly. Right. Yeah. And also don't pretend like you're not going to take advantage of the transfer portal. The transfer portal works for everybody. Right, right. And it's going like, to make it more fun. Guys are going. You're going to be able to, like, I think it's exciting for college. College football is on the dawn. And people who've talked about the, the glorious days of college football, like, college football is on the dawn of the most exciting era. Oh, Where they're yeah. going to expand the playoffs. They're going to, they're talking about first round games in college stadiums. Like, and people right. who wax poetic about, like, the Rose Bowl. Like, shut up. <laughs> right. We, we are about to have like a festival of college football with guys transferring and bringing friends. And you know what I mean? It could, it's going to get yeah. so exciting. What are you talking about? It's also so funny because a lot of the stuff I've been listening to, too, like, oh, what a shock. NIL's become a thing. And all of a sudden, Miami and USC are ready to get good again. Like, <laughs> right. And, but part of it was because both schools had been pretty heavily sanctioned for a while. And then we're very nervous about getting into the dirty side of recruiting again because they had just been burnt by it. Right. But now that it's all legal, they're back. (laughs) (laughs) They're ready to spend. Yeah, right. And and it's so funny because, of course, this is making it better. College football is always better when the U and USC are good. Right. Right. If you can have all these powerhouse programs like competing with Alabama, like that's going to be super fun. Right. It's also funny because, right, one of the narratives going into this season is, is college football getting boring because it's just been Clemson, Alabama for a decade? Well, not not anymore. Right. I think we're about to enter a really fun era. Like, I I really think it's, uh, I think it's all to the good. For sure. For sure. But just to sort of wrap this part of it up, uh, when you say, you know, with Quinn Ewers, it, it didn't have to be Ohio State. It could have been anybody. My point is exactly. It could have been anybody. Just don't do not do it to us. Go, right. Do it to whoever you want. <laughs> right, right. Go do it to Clemson. Right. Do it to Clemson, Oklahoma, Alabama. I don't care. Right, Why, right, right. What did we do? Right. Yeah, I'm sure it's not, a, it's not fun to be on the receiving end of it. But yeah. What can right. you do? Yeah. What can you do? This is the new world. Let's just go this to the is- transfer portal. I don't remember his name, but Oklahoma has a tight end that we need. So, right, go get him. Yeah, <laughs> that we need. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! All right, I am excited for the uh, the Knicks game that you proposed. 
Oh yes, okay. It's an emotional emotional game. Yeah. <laughs> how do you want me to, you want to start? You want me to throw out the name and you you tell me how you feel? Uh Well, I guess why did you want to do it another way? See, this is where this is where my no video is. is... <laughs> <laughs> that's right. No. No, that's fine. Yeah. Um, yes. Yeah, so the, the idea is we're going to say a Knicks person, you know, the Knicks, just to set it up here, you know, one, the panic around the Knicks, I find still strange. I get it. Yeah. Let's break that down first. It's disappointing, but there is a level of panic in the New York media with the Knicks right now that seems way off from where this franchise has been to where it is right now, where there's still to me plenty that's positive, but, but it's fair to say there's some. Very, you know, there's a lot of concerning things going on with the Knicks. No, and I agree, but it's sort of funny waking up this morning. Because it's funny that you say that. I've been thinking a lot about this, too. Imagine you're a Buffalo Bills fan waking up this morning. Like, all the preseason expectation behind them and the reality of what their season is. Right, right. You know? And they're still not exactly, a like, in the dumpster right now. Um... But then you compare it to what the Knicks, what the expectations, you know, were versus what the reality is. It's like, is what is there a problem? Like, I know there is a problem, but there's also kind of not. Right. I mean, because you, because people didn't properly manage their expectations does not mean that there is like an emergency situation for the Knicks right now. Like, right. They have three winnable games. Look, they're playing right now as we talk and I hope they don't lose this game. And maybe this will, will feel differently, but like they have three winnable games in a row. <laughs> they Let's say they win them. Now they're at 14 and 12. It's like, they're ahead of schedule over where they were last year. Like it's that Denver Nuggets game was really the first time they've looked terrible all year. I think, you know, like, um they haven't looked as good as we hoped there's been problems with the starting lineup um maybe it's just that like the Kemba benching didn't fix everything and people thought it would but like the first two games after they looked pretty good they lost brutal heartbreaker to Brooklyn heartbreaker Chicago and then they looked bad against a Nuggets team that kicked their ass twice last year too (laughs) right yeah Right, and they're all good teams, and we've beaten good teams, too. We've had wins against good teams. We've also had two tight games against Brooklyn and Chicago, who are very good teams, right before that Denver game. Like, it's just, all right, everybody take a deep breath here. There's no reason to panic at all. Yeah, I agree. It's too early to, like, pronounce them dead or, you know, start second-guessing moves they've made. I mean... Like, I think you can start to see the contours of where we get into January, February, and they have to start making some, like, difficult decisions, you know what I mean? Like, about, like, the trade deadline could be, could go very different ways than maybe you might have thought. But we're still, but I agree with you. Like, it's not, it's just early December. Like, I I say to Matt, like, the the Knicks had a losing record last year until April. Right, right. April. Yeah, because even finishing 500 was like a pipe dream for most of the season. Most of the season didn't feel like that was going to happen at all. And like, didn't look like we're going to be the four seed. We were going to be maybe in the play-in most of the year. Right. Yeah. Definitely. And I I just, you know, you're right about uh, managing expectations. 
But um, it's also like we got to trust not to get all same hanky, but we got to trust the process. Like even if, you know, Kemba doesn't work out or whatever, it doesn't mean signing him was a bad move. I think signing him was still a good move. We got the price that we got him after the buyout. You know, we, we didn't hit on any of the point guards. You know, we didn't pay Lonzo, which we may regret. But, you know, I, I don't I didn't disagree with any of their decision making. And so it's really hard to criticize it. It's it's just things. Sometimes things don't work. It doesn't mean I mean, I guess it means you're wrong, but it doesn't mean you're you're bad. No, I agree. It does, and it doesn't mean that we you should be worried about like the process seems really solid and the 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 logic is still I still believe makes total sense. I'm not I don't even think I'm not so sure Kemba Walker the story is done, you know? Like it's right. a long season. It really is. Like it's 82 games. I know it's people are harping on it's already a quarter way, but like yeah, that's a lot. That's 60 games left. That's not nothing. That's a lot of time. Yeah. Um, and yes, there's been enough to have like a, a serious sample where you can like draw real conclusions, but it doesn't mean it's locked in stone. They're, everything is still right in front of them. Right. Yeah. All right. Good. So now that's a great, that's a much better lead in than just how do you want to do this? So right. <laughs> giants after dark, hashtag giants, giants among men after dark. <laughs> All right. So we're going to play a word association game. Uh, Brian is going to say the name of a player. I'm going to react to their name. And then, you know, we'll probably turn the tables. So here right. we go. Or just a Knicks figure. So I'm going to start okay. at the top, right at the top. Thomas Thibodeau. Trust. Trust. I like that one. Yeah. I was going to say, like, hope. Yeah. Because, right. I, I think he's, one, making moves that everybody like he's doing things that people have yelled at him to do. Like he clearly is trying different things. Yeah. And I feel like he's going to figure it out. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I mean, you know, and again, again, I think same as the qualifier about Leon Rose. I mean, I didn't say Leon Rose's name, but that's basically what I was talking about, but you know, similar. It, it doesn't mean that Tibbs is failing if we're not turning it around quickly or right away or whatever. Sometimes these things take time and I trust that he will find the answer. Right. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. All right. This is a tricky one. Julius Randall. Irritated. <laughs> Very irritated with him. Yeah. I feel exasperated. Oh. A little yes. exasperated. And I think that's basically the the. It, I think we feel the same emotion towards him. We're just expressing that emotion in our own personal way. Right, right, yeah. And right, I I feel your pain about like the frustration of like not being allowed to like vocalize the frustration. It's like we're all very grateful for what you've done, what you did last year, but like you're you're the biggest thing that's not going right this year like yes you're number one on the list and we can talk like we can talk about Kemba Walker or Mitchell Robinson being out of shape or Evan Fournier not being what we hoped like and RJ Barrett who's yeah we're gonna get to but like you're the number one thing that isn't going as well as we hoped right and that's the other thing too because again people confuse 
is he playing worse or is he the worst? No. But it, it is, it's the worst. He's not playing the worst, but it is the worst. Right. The fact that he's not playing as well as he should be playing is the worst part of the team. Right. And it's also, it's the way he's playing. You know, it's the, like, it's the poor defense. It's the turnovers. It's the sloppy ball handling. Right. Just the man without a planness. The carelessness sometimes where it's like, what the, like, just like lock in a little bit, you know, like just focus. (laughs) Right. And right. Some of the things he's doing too. It's like, how do you have credibility as the leader of the team when you make a play like that? Right. Right. Like a turnover like that. That's just like careless. Yeah. Um, And some jump shot, you know, and like, you know, look, I mean, you can just look at his shooting numbers, both like his long twos and three point percentages. And like, it's like, that's basically tells the whole story. I mean, you get him and RJ, you look at their shooting percentages from last year to this year, and it's like, there's the whole story. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. Right. And, and then all this debate about Kemba, Mitchell Robinson, who should we trade for? How about just those two play better? Right. It really is that. Well, then yeah. let's get to this one. RJ Barrett. That's a harder one. I need a word. I need your help. It's, it's not, I think sad is not the right word. Disappointed is not the right word. I just, I feel so much hope for RJ and I want, I want to believe in him in a way that I admittedly don't care whether or not I believe in Julius. Right. And it hurts me more than it makes me angry with RJ. I don't know the word, but that's the emotion. I'm more hurt than angry. Right, right. (laughs) I feel, like, apprehensive. Like, I'm very concerned. (laughs) I just think, you know, we're talking about, like, you know, not panicking. I do think with RJ that everything, like, not falls apart, but, like, the foundation gets much, much shakier if he's not good. Like, right the path to getting there. Cause like he's playing so bad right now. Like, you know, we talk, you know, there's like, Oh, sorry. There's an alarm out my window, but there's like these Damian Lillard rumors, you know, like you can't trade for Damian Lillard. If RJ is not a good player, like, yeah. And then yeah. you can't, you, you're not one piece away from contention. If RJ Barrett's not a good player, like, right. Everything kind of falls apart a little bit. Like you have to get, you either need like an OB to even pop more. You need quickly to like, you need something, another Julius Randall miracle. If RJ, we can't lock in that like, he's good. Right. He's at least an upper echelon player. So that's where it's like watching him be as bad as he's been, where he's been like so bad. It's really alarming. Yeah. We need some advanced stats nerd to sort of like nail down a, a, like, both a time frame and a and a ceiling height for us. Like, what does RJ need to do and by when to salvage this season as far as, you know, his development or career or whatever? Right, like, when is the point of no return where, like, if you're not hitting these numbers, then it just doesn't happen? Yeah. Yeah. And I'm maybe not even forever, but, like, at what point even... Like, we're getting dangerously close to the point where this is also becoming just a lost season. 
Yeah, well, I mean, there's like a point at which you're not a prospect anymore. You're just like what you are, and he's yeah. you know he's played a lot of games now. It's it's getting there for him. Right. Like it, right. It's more than a slump. It's a big like screaming red flag. Like it's just like oh no. <laughs> yeah. And I know he started off last year in a really big funk, and then pulled himself out of it, and then was awesome for a long time, and he started off this year looking like he was going to be great. So it's in there, but it's it's been so bad. Well, it's also too, it's, it's kind of like you're saying where he's on the verge of not being a prospect anymore. If this season is even nearly identical to last season, then he has failed for this season. Yeah. Right. I mean, if there's no improvement, yeah, he has to be better. I mean, I will say if he's at least as good as he was last year, that's like, that's not catastrophe. Like if he's, like this it's like oh my god what is he like kevin knox you know like right like you know then again he becomes like not even a piece that you can do something with it's just like it it just it really closes i think like a ton of doors for the team where yeah well also when you're the number three overall pick not catastrophe is catastrophe yeah yeah but yeah i mean it's even just it, it like putting together, I feel like these NBA teams is like a maze and he would close off like <laughs> a really important path, you know, and suddenly you're like, wait, we have very few options to get where we're trying to go. If, if this guy's not good. <laughs> yeah. Oh no, please be, you know, I was reading that. a pretty interesting thing today about how in the NBA now that the analytics movement, you know, where like they all figured out that you shouldn't take long two pointers and you should just take shots at the rim and three pointers Mm -hmm. that it's so ingrained now that there's almost, there's such minor differences between all the teams that like the Houston Rockets, I guess have the best shot profile in the league and the Brooklyn Nets have the worst, but like the Nets are a much better team because they have better players and because the margins have gotten so small that basically like the difference between the best shot profile and the worst now is like really small where it used to be that like you didn't, you could, you could have not that great talent, but like take more three, like have this great shot profile and it made a huge difference. And that that advantage is like essentially gone now. And I guess it's similar in baseball where there's like, there's just much like, the analytics has gotten so adopted that there's like not this um, low hanging fruit to pull from anymore. And so in the NBA, it's like, now it's all about, you have to have the best players. So like, like the nets don't take, they take more mid range shots than the rockets, but they have Kevin Durant. So right. he, he makes them at like 80%. And so, but it's interesting, you know? Yeah. Well, right. I mean, I think it's funny because that is ultimately what it boils down to. And that's, uh, you know, kind of bringing it full circle to our college football conversation is having the best players ultimately trumps all this other stuff. Right. And, you know, that's what any coach. I mean, look, Jeff Van Gundy says that relentlessly, almost to the point where people don't even take him seriously. They're just like, I know you have to say that. And it's like, no, I mean it. No, right, 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 right. Especially in this sport. Right. Yeah. Right. Where elite talent is so important. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, it's just interesting. Shot profile. Right. Or Kevin Durant. Right. Well, like, I guess like 10 years ago, they were saying you could make a lot of headway just by knowing that information. But now everybody has it. And so it's like, doesn't matter. 
Yeah, right, right. Everybody shoots threes and takes shots at the rim. It's just these like marginal differences. So then it just comes down to like, all right, we have better players than you do. <laughs> and maybe that's good. <laughs> yeah. That's the way well, it right. should be. It's the return. Right. And then there has to be some new innovation at some point. Maybe. Maybe. They're saying like every team right now is kind of trying to figure out like what is that thing and it's very hard to find <laughs> and yeah because more teams are looking at it it's like harder to find that kind of meaningful advantage anymore well right i mean you know i know it's a different sport but it is funny that i was there was some quote i mean it was a, a soundbite i heard of urban meyer but he was saying to somebody one time it was like there's only but so many things you could do with 11 guys right and right. You know, it's ultimately true, right? Like, at what point is innovation just, like, so difficult to come by because the court's the size that the court is and the three-point line is worth three points and where's the in the next inefficiency? Or have we just totally – is the game totally efficient now? Yeah, football does feel like fourth down is still where it's ripe yeah. for some team to just go balls to the wall. <laughs> yeah. Like, when is somebody going to do it? Just get crazy aggressive. like. You know, yeah, I can see it not gonna be the, It's not gonna be the Giants, that's for sure. But, but <laughs> Giants are going the other way. They start. That still seems like that's out there. Yeah, no, I agree. Yeah. I agree. Although we're even we're moving in that direction for certainly. sure. But it still yeah. feels like there's yeah there's yeah. fat to be trimmed there. All right, is there any other names on the list? No, I think that's a good. That's a good. Uh, yeah. Oh, you had Kemba. Figures. I, well, Kemba, I, I, I did, but it's just, that's just, I'm sad about Kemba. You <laughs> yeah. might say indifferent. I don't know. What yes, do that's exactly Numbness. what I was going to say. Right. <laughs> yeah, mostly indifferent. Yeah. Right. I'm sad. I, you know, I have the UConn connection, so it, I was really, that would have been really cool um, to have him be good. But I agree with you. I'm not, like, crushed. Yeah, and I also agree with you. If he if he would have been good, it would have been really cool, and I would have been fully ready to embrace the whole thing. Yeah, yeah. But you know, when he's not, it's not to me. Like you're not heartbroken. Yeah, I'm not heartbroken by it. <laughs> uh, all right, I really loved. Why don't you introduce our next segment? Because I really loved this idea. I think you did a great job. <laughs> Thank you. Well, this is. There's been many um, foot or no athletes recently or sports figures, I guess, who I think many of us have longed to see fail, who (laughs) are not failing. In fact, only enhancing their legacies to the point that there's like, there's nothing, they're almost, there's nothing you can say. Like they've just proven all their haters wrong and critics. And and so like, I was thinking of it when I was watching the, the Pats beat the Bills with Mac Jones throwing three passes. <laughs> and this season just feels like Bill Belichick's just like middle finger to like everybody in football for yeah. like him having one seven and nine year and suddenly, you know, he can't coach. Like, I mean, just it was this all like Brady. Yeah. Masterclass of coaching and, and the way he picks players, like, they were so mocked for this free agent frenzy they went on that has yeah. totally worked to perfection, you know, like of the exact type of team they was if they didn't have a plan for every freaking guy they got. <laughs> right. You know, and you know, so between him and Brady, and then I was thinking Steve Kerr, who I always thought was like, eh, what is he even a good coach? And it's like, clearly, yes. Like, right, yeah. He's a great coach. <laughs> Amazing. Phenomenal. <laughs> and then my last one was the Paul brothers, who <laughs> Yeah. 
who like i just don't think even one of them's fighting a real fighter like tommy fury i think which i'm actually yeah. like i might buy that fight i don't know when that is exactly but i'm like right on the fence of like buying that fight no i agree i feel like the paul like the paul brothers have earned it and if you're actually gonna fight a real fighter then you've earned it right like you've i earned just my think money. like they even if they like he gets knocked like they've cleared the hurdle like yeah they leapt over the bar and that dude can fight yeah like <laughs> he knocked nate robinson <laughs> like out cold right you know, then stepped in with like UFC guys and held their own. Like yeah. they can fight. If they met, I don't know who you are, who I'm talking to you. If they met you on the street, they would knock you out. Yeah. Call like bad, bad. They would embarrass yeah. you. If you tried to pick a fight with a Paul brother in front of your girl, you're getting knocked out cold. In right. Front of your lady. Like, right. And then probably one of them is going to sleep with her. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. So like, we all wanted them to get their asses kicked and maybe they will and we'll get to enjoy it. Maybe, but like, maybe we won't like, maybe he's going to beat Tommy Fury. I don't know. Like there's also a certain caliber of fighter where it's no longer fun for them to get knocked out. Like they need to get knocked out by like a Joe, someone on their level. It can't be like a, a, like a real deal guy. Right. Right. You know, for that to, to, to get the satisfaction that we as a society are looking for. Right, but like anyone who expected them to humiliate themselves, like it's over. They yeah, cleared, we right. they did it. They are yeah. real fighters. Maybe they're not, you know, world class, but geez, they're damn close. Like, yeah, they're real deal. They're yep. real athletes. <laughs> yeah, that's a shame, and, and it sucks. But it's yeah. yeah. Sometimes you just have to accept it. Like, yeah, right. And it's funny too because I feel like, and I've brought this up, I think, on the pod before. Think about Mark Sanchez, right? That guy. I mean, he is one of the best looking people I've ever seen in my entire life. He is an NFL caliber quarterback. Probably everything in his life for the first 25 years was just a series of green lights and rosebuds. And now, you know, he's probably our age, probably like in his late 30s. And it's just like, if you Google Mark Sanchez, probably the number one thing is butt fumble. Right. Like, you're forever butt fumble guy. Yeah. <laughs> now. And you're Mark Sanchez, for God's sake. And so it's like, you know, there's instances of that. But right, there are people that you can't stand. And it's almost like the more you hate them, the stronger they get. And there's no way to reverse it. Yeah, you know, the guy I'm worried about this year who's maybe going to move into this camp is uh, Brooks Kepka, who I've Ooh. long hated, where I'm worried he's going to win, like, another major, and I'm just going to have to be like, all right, like, he's he's clearly, <laughs> he's right, I'm wrong, he knows, has a special formula at the majors, and I have to just eat it, and maybe some people would argue he's already reached that bar, but I don't, I don't, right. Um, but I, I'm worried that he's going to, you know, he's going to get to like 10 majors and I'm just going to have to eat a dick on that one. <laughs> right. The real point is, is that, you know, that there is a benchmark where you have to accept it. Yes. Where I can't like, yeah, there's no caveat of like, oh, well, he didn't do this. He didn't do that. And I think this year could be a year where he like pushes over that threshold. It's also part of it, too, is that there is nothing more pathetic than sports fan who can't admit a great player is great because of some clear like issue that they just don't like the player and can't even bring themselves to acknowledge that that's a great player. 
That yeah, to me right. is a pathetic sports fan. Totally agree. Yeah. I mean, that's like where Tom Brady, it's like Tom Brady's going to win an MVP this year at 44 years old. If you right. still utter anything other than like complete respect for Tom Brady, like just come on, grow up. Right. Right. We're looking at you, Ed. Right. <laughs> right. You're a father now. It's right. time to man up and deal with it. He's a golden god. Yeah. I think it's possible Aaron Rodgers could pull that off this year. If the Packers can win the Super Bowl in the same year that Aaron Rodgers lied about getting vaccinated and then ducked all responsibility for it, I think that would that would be tough. He moves into that camp, yeah. Well, I mean, I guess like no one's denying that he's great right now. Maybe it would they just should, but he doesn't really get. There's no like naysayers on Aaron Rodgers. Right. I think my point was more just like I don't want to feel like he's awesome this year, but he so clearly is. Right, he's right. Carrying yeah. that team. No, and he could I could see that where he just like, yeah, it's his like mic drop season. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's, another one. Who else? That's scary. Um Well, you know, it's interesting, like, I feel like LeBron, like, when did he, like, he weirdly, I mean, he's reached that, he should have reached that for everybody, but there's still people who are, like, trying to use this, like, Lakers season, like, these last two years against him. Like, you would have thought that bubble championship kind of, like, cemented that once and for all, but... Yeah, I think here's the thing with LeBron, and I guess, although... It should, the same should affect Steve Kerr, but at least with Brady and Belichick, they're also very clearly the best ever at what they do. Brady, I think, is probably clearly the best quarterback ever, maybe the best player ever. Belichick, best coached ever. With LeBron, there's always still that Jordan thing out there, and I think that's always kind of... If you're someone who is not willing to admit to LeBron's greatness, that's the thing that you use. And that's a big enough, you know, set of idiots that, <laughs> like, can, like, prevent that full acceptance. Right, right. But, yeah, I'm surprised that he, there's still as many, like, I don't know. There's this weird, like, that this, him not being you know he's like 20 years in now like any slippage is just like father time you know it's like what of course like, we're learning something about lebron like it's insane how good he still is you know like i don't know um it's weird to me sometimes that he doesn't seem to have arrived at that um like it feels like weird like he there's still this feeling like lebron needs like one more championship you know which is like right. why yeah <laughs> to prove what you know, Kobe it's to match Kobe like a, it's the Jordan thing. And it's the, you know, some people I feel like just still haven't gotten over the decision. Right. <laughs> Which, to be fair, what were those guys doing? No, like, I know. And it was you know. so obnoxious and lame. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. That well, was a t- a tough one. should we spend the last five minutes on this week's succession? Oh, yes. Yes, we should. Just what should a t- we confess about our no that's that's too dark too after okay. dark too not, after a, not on the air <laughs> our mutual arousal at tom and siobhan's <laughs> dangerous pillow talk okay. right we'll leave it for another episode I, I you know what no I, i've reached full acceptance of it i have no shame 
whatever. I just love that you were saying that you weren't going to tell anybody about it until I brought it up. (laughs) True, I wasn't. But now I'm going to keep that one in the vault. (laughs) Right. right. Somebody else is admitting it. Okay. Yeah, that was something. That was some scene. And now I feel like I've flipped. Now that you've admitted it, now I question you if you if you didn't like it. Right, right. If you if nothing happened to you, come yeah. on. Right. If you right, if you weren't titillated, <laughs> then you are numb or lying to yourself. Right, right. Yeah. I mean, the, the I love that actor so much. Matthew McFadden is just <laughs> so incredible. Like he's, he's amazing. And he's so amazing in that way he handles it is so perfect. Like he's trying to like you know, recover his own dignity in the moment and rise to it, but also is like so wounded by it. And yeah, it's also like, you know, is admitting his own like, yes, you're correct. Right. Oh my God. It was just amazing. It was incredible. And yet what I found so fascinating about it is that there have been multiple times in this series where he could not perform, whether it was on their wedding night or the, the threesome all those times, he didn't. He shut it right. down. This time, he did not shut it down. That is very true. That's very interesting. Yeah, that, yeah. I didn't think about that. You're right. I, that's very telling about right. Tom. <laughs> You're right. In other words, if Tom was in our G-chat today, he right. would have been like, yep. <laughs> uh, well, and then do we have to, I guess, do we say we're going to spoil something? So don't. Yeah, we're going to spoil it. We have a minute left. Uh, right. But also watch Succession because this is your fault. Right. Is is Kendall dead? Yes. You think he is? I think he is. Wow. What do you think? I don't know. I keep flip I keep flip-flopping. I totally see your point that it's like it makes sense and they've definitely hinted like I've been reading a lot of people like the little breadcrumbs that they've put out about it. Um I kind of think I just find it hard to believe that that the show is going to somehow try to exist without that character. Well, then I think it's it's not going to exist for long, and it's really just going to the next season's going to be about the aftermath of the whole thing. Right, right. But I think one way or another, he has to leave the show because the only I I think that the the two sensible endings for the the arc of that character is either he does you know commit suicide or he disassociates himself from his family in order to find happiness. And either way, it sort of detaches him from the main story. I don't know, but doesn't he, couldn't he find like some other path to compete with all of them? Like some deal he can make with somebody and he gets back on his feet. And, but I think if he finds another path to compete with them, he remains in his unhappiness. His, the source of his unhappiness is his interactions with his family. So even remaining in competition, but I think that that's the point of the show. We have to tie this up. It has to either conclude with his happiness or his death. Right. I think that's what the character is. Well, if there, if it is what's happened, I'm least, I cannot I'll be so fascinated to see how they... Because like the tone of the show is going to feel very different with him dead. Yeah. Like the quips and the, the you know... Like someone I saw made a good point. Like the summary of next episode was some like because they're not teasing anything but it was some hijinks involving greg you know and you're just like how is that gonna like play with but i don't know 
anyway it was an incredible episode it's yeah. an incredible show yeah. well it's probably going to force us all to reckon with all the jokes and all that that we've been yeah, laughing yeah. at you know it's right. gonna be interesting That's true right yeah inspect ourselves <sighs> all right brian great after dark episode all right, all right yeah. Let's until go. next week fans get to sleep <laughs> all right.